0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to Qur'an 30 for 30. Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa Alhamdulillah 29th Juz. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be amongst those that have caught or will catch laylatul qadr. Of course we seek it until the very last night. Allahumma ameen. A reminder to please tune in inshallah ta'ala to the khatam dua actually that we will have uh, tonight with Nanahi ta'ala for the 29th it should be around midnight central time uh, and inshallah ta'ala, it will be our khatm here and of course wherever you are i pray that you are attending um the late night uh you know worship wherever you are bid the and may allah accept it from you all and of course we are just in the last two sessions then of quran 30 for 30 with the bonus ping pong session which we will be broadcasting inshallah ta'ala, on uh, saturday or sunday we'll figure it out Me and Abdel, we got to talk about it but it's coming inshallah. And we are blessed to have with us, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Ustaba Fatima. Night, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Ameen. Kayfa haluki, Ustada Fatima. How's everything?
1: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Just blessed to witness another Ramadan. And even though it's going fast, Alhamdulillah, we're here for it.
0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. We were talking before before we, we got started. You are, Alhamdulillah, one of six sisters, Mashallah. Indeed. Youngest of, of the six night sisters. I feel like every... Every Islamic institution Or work now Has a night sister <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've seen
0: a night sister Everywhere I'm going now Alhamdulillah MashaAllah everyone <laughs> <There's> <laughs> A lot of say there Alhamdulillah Mashallah. <laughs> Have any of the grandkids grown up to To where we could scout them For Quran 30 for 30
2: Hosting yet
1: <laughs> um, I think the oldest Just turned 18 So <laughs> You <laughs> know
2: MashaAllah
1: <laughs> Let them get fully into Adulthood <laughs>
2: Inshallah, inshallah. 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 Well, we're very happy to have you.
0: And because we're getting to the end, and we're just going to be a little crazy. Sheikh Abdullah, you've got you got a dad joke for us today, or, uh, sorry, a clean joke. Yes. What's okay. Uh, Tell us the story of it. <clears throat>
2: Why? Okay, I, I don't know if y'all can handle this. I'll give it a try. See if y'all can handle this. Okay. Okay. okay here we go. <laughs> Why can you not send a duck into space?
0: can't quack in gravity. I don't know. Like, mm. There's no Aflac. In, there's no insurance in space. Space insurance. Duck soup tastes better in a spaceship. All right, I'm
2: running out. Just I got move. nothing. All right, Abdel, what is it? Because the bill would be astronomical. <laughs> 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 Come on. At least all of your whatever granddad jokes work. This is smart. <laughs> we need the response in the comments, everyone, please.
0: MashaAllah. <laughs> granddad joke. Jazakum Allah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we have a Shahid alhamdulillah, outside of myself. So it's a, that was a great granddad joke. The j- a Great granddad joke. You could take that either way. Get it? It could be a great granddad joke or a great granddad joke.
2: Uh huh. MashaAllah. Do- was that
0: a joke yeah, right there? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah. Uh, and this is Alhamdulillah So we're coming to the end of Ramadan I know we're going to miss all of this coming together So we pray Allah وجل, once again unite us with the Quran And allow us to uh, to constantly grow together towards him Allahumma <laughs> amin. Inshallah ta'ala we are going to go ahead and get started with Juz 29 Bismillah alhamdulillah salatu wa wa ala rasulullah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa so, SubhanAllah, instead of focusing on just one particular section of just 29, um, I wanted to actually look at the story that's told through the suwar, through the chapters. And so there's there are two forms of tartib, two forms of ordering of the surahs here that I think are deeply profound uh, for the concept of the Akhirah, the discussion of the Akhirah. For one, you know, you find that we're just coming off of Surah Tahrim. And in Surah Tahreem, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to us about uh the the believers holding on to their light. nurana inna kulli shayin qadir. Oh Allah, hold on to our lights, preserve our lights for us, do not let our lights be extinguished. And we have just talked about actually in coming to the end, subhanallah, that last marhala, that last station of the day of judgment where. The believers go forward with their light. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Allahumma amin. And they're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to preserve that light as they cross the Sirat and they get to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then after is hell to the gates of Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the inhabitants of Jannah. Allahumma ameen. So this is sort of coming off of Surah al And then Surah Al-Mulk, it's like it's it's reset the story, right? As we get into this juice. And Allah just starts us off with life and death, the purpose of existence as a whole. And inna ladheena yakhshawna rabbahum Those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the unseen. So you go back to the completely unseen, right? And you are worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the middle of the night, asking him for the ability to be able to, to go forth on the day of judgment. So you're praying at night, not seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I think this is the powerful connection that I want you to pay attention to. You're, pay, you're praying at night in Surah Al Mulk and worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without seeing Him, and then the next surah, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Right? Then on the day of judgment, when they can see what they can, of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals of Himself, they can't even make sujood. They cannot make sujood. So you have, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ In al-mulk. And then you have, لَا يَسْتِطِيعُونَ السُّجُودِ In al SubhanAllah. So it's like, those that are worshipping Allah in the unseen, extra crying, uh, weeping, uh, calling out to Him in hope and in fear of that day, that mighty day. And the next surah is that mighty day. And they can't even make sujood anymore. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us amongst those who cannot make sujood but instead make us amongst those people those qanateen those people who are devout in their worship and constantly uh, standing before their rab and then subhanallah where do you go after that in the chapters you go to you know uh, al-haqa <laughs> and al-haqa the reality talks about the moment of the reception of the books in, 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 in either hand May Allah make us the people receive their books in their right hand. Allahumma ameen. So you have the celebration of those that receive their books in their right hand. And you have the humiliation of those that receive their books in their left hand. And what the ilma talk about here, which is extremely profound and powerful, is those that were calling out to Allah had fear in this life that it wouldn't be sufficient. And now when they have their books in their right hand, they are completely at ease and in celebration. Right, completely at ease and in celebration, as they hold their books in their right hand and they celebrate uh, with those that they love, going to those that they love in the mahshar, uh, in the assembly, to speak about that. So it's it's a it's an incredible subhanallah moment uh, that we we get to, and then the next surah is al-ma'arij. And uh when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Al-Ma'arij, it's now taking the pathway of punishment, right? So it starts off with punishment and then it goes into the uh the reward of the believers after that, right? That this is where the angels and Jibreel alayhi salam will ascend him on a day that is fifty thousand years in length. Fifty thousand years in length. So, Allah Subhanahu says, "Fasbir sabaran jamila." So, be patient. Uh, oh, you know, be, be patient for the beautiful patience. Now, who is Allah Subhanahu talking to? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Be patient with their denial, with the beautiful patience. All that they're denying. Innahum wa na They see it as something so impossible and far. We see it as something so inevitable and close. And so the, the idea here of you know, uh, the Prophet being told to be patient with his people in this regard is, is of course uh, very profound, subhanAllah, in that the Day of Judgment is ever so close and they see it as so far. And what's the next surah? Surah Nuh, where Nuh ﷺ is pleading with his people, right? So be patient, Ya Muhammad ﷺ, and look at your brother Nuh ﷺ and what he had to endure in terms of this denial when it comes to the hereafter, and he tried, and he tried, and he tried. And by the way, after Surah Nuh, you have Al-Jinn, where if the human beings are not listening, perhaps some of the jinn are listening. And then you have Al-Muzammir, which is simply that you stand up and you pray at night, and you keep nourishing yourself with that tahajjud, that in rabbahum bil in the beginning of the juz, those that fear Allah subhanahu in private, you should be the greatest manifestation of that, which is in al muzamir and of course Al-Muddathir, stand up and warn the people, continue to call the people. And you get to Al-Qiyamah, which is once again, of course, the most uh, the most obvious, uh, uh, you know, alluding to the Day of Judgment that we find is really Surah Al-Qiyamah. And it is one of the most emotional surahs that you come across. And Al-Insan chooses uh, which path to take. And you essentially get to be the author of your own book, literally, on al-Qiyama, and so you choose whether to take the path of those that will be blessed or the path of those that will be uh, wretched. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from being amongst the latter. Allahumma amin. So the story of the juz even, subhanAllah, in that regard, is profound. in the other tarteeb in brief: uh, Surat al-Mulk, worshiping Allah in the unseen until death; Surat al-Qiyama, the moment of death and resurrection; Surat al-Haqa, receiving the books. So again, Surah Al-Mulk, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the unseen until death. And then it ends with Al-Qiyamah, which is the moment of death and resurrection. And of course, Surah al in between, which is the receiving uh, of the books. May Allah make us from the people who receive the books in the right hand. Allahumma ameen. Inshallah ta'ala with that, I'll pass it off to Shaykh Adal. From the shaykh.
2: barakallahu <laughs> feekum. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'ad. What I want to talk about is uh, the... In Surah Al-Insan, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanAllah, he talks about Jannah and he gets very, very descriptive. I want to talk about right after that, when he mentions, you know, he mentions these certain events that will take place in Jannah and, you know, descriptions of the inhabitants in of Jannah that we would never know unless he, Al-Aleem, uh, told us. And it's very important for us to understand that we as Muslims will never know the unseen. We only know the unseen from the creator of the unseen. And there is no other way to know the unseen. Unseen meaning, as we talk about Jannah, uh, being that that which is even hidden. Jannah comes from that morphological makeup, that which is not revealed or hidden or covered. Anything that is in Jannah, we don't know unless Allah uh, tells us about it. Even the predestination of what has happened in the past, we today do not know unless Allah tells us about it. So when understanding the aspects of the unseen, it is only the creator of the unseen that can disclose us with with, those, with that news And it's important for the Muslim to be certain That this will take place To be certain that the characteristics that are mentioned The the, the forms of creation that will be there How we will react to these forms of creation It's very important that the Muslim has total certainty uh, in that Because it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala disclosing it to them What I want to talk about is whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gives the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And thus all of us some guidelines and I want to capitalize on a couple of points here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after Admin Shaytan Rajim in verse number 23, Inna Nahzilna alaykal Quran tanzila. Indeed, indeed, we uh, indeed it is we who have sent down the Quran to you progressively. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that verily we have Inna to show a surety that we are the ones that have done it and no one else. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses plurality as tashrif, as to show nobility to himself. So it is not as though we worship more than one God. Rather, when Allah says, inna, verily, we, is to show and prove his majesty. And it is a form of respect. Even when we say, "Assalamu alaykum, kum is plural, all of you. Even though it may be to one person, it is to show a form of respect. respect. And Allah is a much greater example. So here when we see Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says inna he says نزل so this verb the way that the morphological makeup nazzala and then there's أنزل. the scholars mentioned that when Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says nazzala it means that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is sending it down in stages little by little based on circumstance or based on whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills but when Allah says "Anzala," it is all jumlat and wahida, it is all at one time. And as Allah subhanahu says in the chapter of Qadr, in laylatil qadr. Verily we have sent down it the Quran in Laylatul Qadr. And the scholars mention that this the, the whole Quran was sent down uh from Loh al Mahfu, from the preserved tablet to the heavens or to the skies, and based on circumstance. Based on circumstance, it will be given to the Prophet وسلم, little by little. Allah says in the chapter of Al Isra in verse number 106, after الرجيم, على على it is the recitation that we have revealed in parts. على على so you can recite it to the people at intervals nazzalnahu tanzilan And we have sent it down little by little. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is establishing here that we are the ones that are giving you this Quran gradually and we choose when to give it to you based on our complete knowledge and wisdom. Then he says after that, Man minhum athiman kafura. So be patient for the decision of your Lord and do not obey from among them a sinner or ungrateful disbeliever. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is basically telling him to be patient and to be firm. This Quran is being revealed. There will be times where you'll be waiting for the answer. Be patient and be firm while you're waiting. Be, be firm while you're patient because there will be those that may tempt you or may try you from the ones that are O oh those that are ungrateful and those that are sinners. Stay firm on your deen. Stay firm on what you're being given. So for all of us, when we have a trial or a hardship, and there may be people that are tempting us to go back to doing what we're doing. Some of us, you know, may have converted to Islam or trying something, you know, trying to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and people are calling you back to, or people are tempting you to do that which is wrong. And you're trying your best to be patient with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uthbut. Stay firm upon that. Remembering the dua, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, يَا مُقَلِّبُ الْقُلُوبِ ثَبِّت قُلُوبِنَا dinik, Oh, the one that flips to hearts, make my heart firm on your religion. This is something we should consistently be saying in our prostration. As Aisha reported that the Prophet used to say this in his prostration. So Allah ta'ala says, With the reality that you understand the Qur'an came from here, The fa' here is like, So then be patient. For the decision of your Lord. And do not obey those that are disbelievers or sinners. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, So the first, he gives two forms of advice. Firstly, is to be patient and not, and not to obey those that are, that are ungrateful or those that are sinners. And then the third is, remember the name of your Lord in the morning and the evening. So be in consistent dhikr. Dhikr is very comprehensive. It is not only just the mentioning of the tongue. The whole sharia, the framework of Islam is dhikr. The Quran is the best form of dhikr. So doing any action of worship is dhikr because linguistically it comes from that which reminds you or you remember. So when you practice the sharia, it is a form of reminding you of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, therefore increasing your iman and the process goes on. When you do an action of worship, it increases your iman to do another action of worship and that's how it, that's how it goes. So the more you are involved in the remembrance of Allah, whether with the lisan or the janan, with your tongue or with your limbs, Ultimately, with your heart, this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will strengthen you in to where you will be patient and staying away from those that are disbelieving or those that are uh, calling you to uh, uh, disobedience. So mentioning the name of your Lord in prayer in the morning and the evening, and some scholars say the morning and the evening, bukratun wa asila, covers all five prayers because it's covering Atraf nahar, at the edges of the day. And the lastly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and during the night, prostrate to him and exalt him a long part of the night. I want to capitalize and end on this here. If you notice throughout the Quran and the Sunnah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously mentions the night time to be busy in ibadah. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the Prophet received revelation in Muzammil, يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُزَمِّلِ قُمِي اللَّيْلَ إِلَّا اللي قَلِيلًا O oh, you wrapped in garments, stand at the nighttime except but a little. SubhanAllahi Asrabi Abadihi <inaudible> Laylan. Glory to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one that He causes a slave to go, Laylan at nighttime. He told Moses to go at nighttime, Asribi <inaudible> Ibadi, at the nighttime. The Prophet وسلم, said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes down in the last third of the night in a way that is befitting to His Majesty, the last third of the night. So we understand that the nighttime is a huge opportunity to worship Allah. And Ibn Rajab mentions this in La Taif al-Ma'arif. He mentions a very beautiful point when he talks about Sha'ban. It's a beautiful that to remember for all of us to nasta al to rush to good deeds. When the Prophet ﷺ talked about the month of Sha'ban, because the month of Sha'ban was between Rajab and Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ said, anhu kathirun min and, he loved, and I love to fast in this month. So the Prophet, Akala, so Ibn Rajab, he makes a beautiful point. He says, This is proof that the individuals should try their best in being diligent and doing actions of worship that the majority are negligent in. So the nighttime is a time where people are sleeping. The Prophet, sallam, what did he say when he entered Al Madina? Afshu <inaudible> salam wa ta'am wa al arham wa bil bi salam. The Prophet ﷺ said, spread the salams, feed the poor people, connect with your relatives, do not cut off your kin, and pray at nighttime when ish when people are asleep. So taking advantage of the nighttime is a huge opportunity, especially within these last 10 nights, as the Prophet, ﷺ, to, to take advantage and seeking the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us for those that take advantage of these nights by livening the nights as the Prophet ﷺ was described to, to have done. May Allah subhanahu wa make us of those that when we take advantage of this, it increases our iman to be more diligent and more hardworking. Barakallahu alayhi wa sallam. Azarqahu alayhi Beautiful reflections. Barakallahu alayhi
0: Salah Fatima, please go ahead.
1: Bismillah. So uh, I wanted to reflect on a few ayats from Surah Mulk. Um, so the first one that I would like to uh, call to our attention is verse number two. Um, So Allah says So Allah says that he is the one who created death and life in order to test which of you is best in deeds and he is almighty, all-forgiving. So I feel that just the just the phrasing of this ayah is so unusual because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he puts death before life. And this is strange for us because as us for us as creatures who are wedded to time, right? We think along the lines of chronology. That's what's natural for us that life precedes death. We have the phrase life and death. We don't so much have the phrase death and life, right? But Allah of course he's not limited to our perspective of being in time he's outside of time right time is a a creation and a construct that he's not subject to and then we don't even think of death as something that is created right so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here that death is created just like life is created we think of death as just the cessation of life or the negation of life but Allah is saying here that death is a creation of His. So, trying to draw a wisdom from this, we see that both life and death are motivations for us, right? Because Allah says here that He created both as a test, right? As a means for us to live righteously in this life with the time that we have. Life gives us the opportunity to live out our wants, our dreams right, to gain enjoyment, fulfillment, death reminds us to use our time and our lives wisely. And we need a balance between the two because only thinking of death can turn dark and depressing and nihilistic, right? And then only thinking of life can turn hedonistic and pleasure-seeking, right? Just because, just because someone lives in the now does not mean that they're living a righteous life right? That can go one of two ways. But it may be that death or the passage of time needs to be slightly heavier on our minds, just so that our enthusiasm for life is moved in a righteous direction. And that may be part of the wisdom of putting death before life, as Allah does here in this ayah. So really, Allah makes it clear Uh, by situating this statement about his creation of death and life in the context of a very familiar Quranic theme, which is that he created us in this life to test us, to give us this opportunity to act righteously, to cultivate our souls, right? To, To live up to and appreciate with gratitude all that he has given us. And then if we move on to verses Three and four, we have al-ladhi saba al-samawati tibaaqa na rahmani min tafawt farji al-basra hal tara min futur. And then verse four, then farji al-basra karatini yunqalib idek al-basra khasi an hasir. So we have here Allah saying that He is the one who created the seven heavens. You won't see any imperfection in His creation look again, do you see any flaws, right? It's a rhetorical statement. Of course, you don't see any flaws. Look again and again, your sight will come back to you and you, you'll you be frustrated not being able to find anything uh, wrong uh, in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then what's so curious is just a few ayats later. Um, I believe it starts in verse 15. Allah talks about how he has smoothed out the earth. He's made it suitable for us, compatible for us to live, to survive, to thrive. But then he says, do you feel secure that he will not cause the death of the earth? That he will not fold up everything that he has unfolded without the slightest hesitation? Um, And this is so interesting to me because Allah spends those initial verses talking about how flawlessly he has created this world, right? And how look and look again and you won't see any flaws, right? He talks about the care, the precision, um, the usefulness with which he created the world for us to enjoy and to benefit from um, and to use as a means to him. But then very quickly he goes, goes on to say that he will destroy it without hesitation, right? That there will be an end to everything. Um, and I think, again, it's a reminder for us that there is an ending to everything. And so we ought to live meaningfully. But I think, even above that, you know, if we think of ourselves as these khulafa of Allah, right? That we are these representatives on earth, that we're endowed with these. Um, magnificent qualities that are analogous to Allah's qualities, right, they were caretakers of the earth, then it sort of begs the question, what do we understand our task to be, right? If Allah creates perfectly with care, with precision, with usefulness, but then he also uh, causes to end what he creates, what can we benefit from that from from Allah's statement from Allah's actions. And it seems to me that you know we're also tasked in our limited way to do good, to create, to act righteously, to build for ourselves, our children, our community, to cultivate our souls, uh, to cultivate our families, whilst also knowing that nothing lasts forever, that we could die tomorrow, right And we're uniquely situated, um, you know, amongst Allah's creatures to be able to hold these two things at once, right? To be able to act and to strive and be, and be very conscious and aware of our lives and our living, right? But then to also be conscious of the fact that everything comes to an end, our lives individually and and the life of this world. And so just as Allah creates and he spares nothing to create this beautiful world, right? We too should have our goals and and aim for righteousness and aim to cultivate ourselves and not use the ending of things as a reason to not strive.
0: MashaAllah, absolutely beautiful. Um, SubhanAllah, very profound reflections comparing the beginning to the end here. That, And this is another form of taking blessings for granted. You're taking the very blessing of existence for granted. SubhanAllah, you're taking the blessing of the earth for granted, your ground, the ground that you walk on for granted. So it's not even just the food and drink, a deeper way to connect to the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which all lend themselves to a greater uh, sign. Uh, may Allah reward you, Ustah fatima for, for sharing those reflections. Shaykh Abdullah, you got any reflection or some just, you know, go go home, go strong these last couple of days of Ramadan. What you got for a Shaykh?
2: No, nah, alhamdulillah. Just, just make sure that you spend some time alone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some moment alone with him, and just ponder over, like, you know, mashallah, what was mentioned. Anything is an ayah, a sign of Allah, and use that to come closer to him, mashallah.
0: Mashallah. <laughs> the any last second advice to someone whose last couple of days of Ramadan doesn't know what to do, what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, you know, I would say that um, the Qur'an is filled with motivators for us, and I think, you know, everything in, in the Sunnah and the life of our Prophet wasallam shows him not giving up on people. And I think that's a great example for us, right? Even as individuals, you know, it can be very tempting to give up. Maybe someone feels like, you know, they didn't make the most of Ramadan and it's at the end, you know, don't let um, those negative thoughts um, you know, keep you from making the most of what's left, right? Because as long as you're um, breathing, then God is still giving you an opportunity um, to do what, do what you know is best. So even though there's just a couple days left and maybe you feel like you didn't make the most of it, you know, now's, now's the time. Don't give up on yourself. Allah is giving you breath so He hasn't, he hasn't given up on you.
0: Allah has given you breath, so He hasn't given up on you. Beautiful. May Allah reward you. Istad Fatima. Jazakumullah khair. Sheikh Abdullah as well. Uh, it was good to have you both. InshaAllah ta'ala. The finale is tomorrow. InshaAllah ta'ala. Uh Looking forward to it, but also going to miss it. InshaAllah khair. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept Ramadan and allow us to go into Eid with uh, a fresh slate. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khair, everyone. inshallah, please again tune in tonight. Khatm Qur'an should be around midnight central time. and Of course, we'll have the late night reflections. Sayyidul uh, Khatir, which we've been doing. Alhamdulillah, Ramin, Ibn al Rahim Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Just a lot to reflect on. And of course, keep us in your du'a, inshallah. As-salamu alaykum wa